The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. What's up, everyone? How are you doing? It's Friday. And that means it's time for a new episode. And I have a very special guest today. I have my first rock star on. I have a bona fide rock star as a guest, but she's also the coolest. We did meet through Twitter. I've been a fan of her for years and years and years. And also myself and Tom and Tom Sandoval and Ariana were in one of their music videos, which was so exciting. I have Bethany Cosentino from Best Coast. If you don't know the band Best Coast, what are you doing? But it's okay. It's okay. Because after this episode, I think you're going to be obsessed with Bethany and want to just download all of her music. So for everyone that doesn't know, can you just like describe or just let everyone know like what you could expect from Beth, Best Coast? Whenever people ask me what it is, I always just sort of say like pop rock. Cause I feel like in my bones, I just want it to be sort of like a poppy rock band. Yeah. But over the years, it's been described as many things. It's indie rock, lo-fi. We've been called punk before. I mean, just sort of like, I guess whatever that someone decides, but I like to think of us as sort of like a pop rock band and it's me and then I have a bandmate named Bob Bruno and we've been together since 2009 which is insane wow and we've put out four records and we've been doing this for like yeah a decade and it's it's crazy that I'm still doing it that's amazing though that's like a relationship or like a marriage in a lot of places your album that came out like right before all this quarantine and pandemic hit called always tomorrow and i think it's amazing and the song that we did the music video for was everything has changed which is like one of the most catchy songs i listened to earlier today and it's still been stuck into my it's stuck in my head and i just like like replay the video for myself in my mind for my own (laughs) entertainment thank you thanks for being in that by the way i know i've thanked you a million times already but like you you know this, I'm like the biggest Vanderpump fan. So to have you guys be a part of that, it was so exciting for me. It was like the the most exciting, fun, like Disneyland day. It was, (laughs) I mean, it, it rained like all hell in LA that day. And we had like a power outage problem and it just thankfully like all like worked out on the end, but like that was a day to remember. I love the whole theme of the music video. It was like very like 70s game show prices right vibes. And you just like have a whole freak out moment. That was so amazing. I mean, how like besides like doing the music video, it's still like your song and like your story and your words and all that. Like what do you like how do you maintain like vulnerability when it comes to like writing, knowing that you're going to record it, like people are going to listen to it and then you're going to perform it over and over. Is it scary? It is a little scary, but I think for me, the way that I've always written is like, I just write what I know and I write what I experience. And I think because I'm a bit of a 
of an open book. It's it's weird. Cause I'm a Scorpio. So I'm super private. Like I have a lot of like stuff in my life that I'm like, this is private. I don't want anyone to know about this. There's certain things in my personal life that I just don't want to sort of like put out there. But I think when it comes to like my emotions and things that feel sort of universally accepted and universally understood, it's so easy for me to just be like, here's how I feel and here's what's going on. So I think the fact that I use music almost as like a little bit of a therapy, I don't even really, I'm not even really thinking about the idea that like, oh, okay, I wrote this song about this bad place in my life that I was in and then it's going to come out. I'm just kind of like sitting there being like, here's a little therapy session with me and my guitar and eventually people will hear it. And then I kind of deal with the fear after the fact. (laughs) Because it is so personal to you when you read like reviews or comments or feedback from people, is it extra hard to sort of digest because of how close you are to it? Yeah. I mean, I feel like in the earlier days, like when Best Coast first started, it was so hard because I was literally like, I had dropped out of college. I had like moved back from, I moved to New York to go to school. And then I moved, I dropped out. I moved back to LA. I started Best Coast. I was literally working at Lush, the like hand soap store. (laughs) Yes. And then I started Best Coast and it, it was like pretty quickly it got coverage on the internet. You know, that was like the dawn of music blogs really when they were like really getting big. And so it came, the success of the band came so like fast out of left field that I think at that time, I truly was like not in a place to like receive any sort of criticism. And it was all I received. And so it was like, yes, because the stuff was so personal, but then also because I was like 22 years old and brand new to this world, it killed me. Like it ripped me apart because it was just like, these people don't know me. How can they say these things about me? And also like, how can they say these things about me just based off of music that they listen to? You know, like people were like, she's an anti-feminist because she pines over boys. And it's like, the Beatles didn't get called any like mean names for writing songs about like, loving women, you know? So it was just like, it was a lot of shit thrown at me like really fast. And I think now, you know, I've done a lot of personal work on myself and I've learned now not to like read comments and things. Although I, I do sometimes still, cause I'm human. It affects me a, a lot less, but yes, sometimes I read reviews where people are like, Oh, this is corny or, you know, whatever they say. And I will slightly feel a little bit burned because yeah, it does come from such a like deep place in my soul that I choose to share with people. So it can be hard. I mean, I know being on a reality TV show, I'm putting a lot of my life and like personal stuff out there, intimate moments. I'm not trying to compare what I do to what you do. (laughs) But um, so I get that. I get it's hard because again, you know, people are hearing personal like stories and songs and then they want to have an opinion about it but just one that like you didn't need it's like I didn't ask exactly like dissect all of this totally I feel like you and I have actually even talked about that before because it's just like you know your life is on television but people only see certain parts of it they don't see like your life at home they don't see your life at home when there aren't cameras rolling you know so it's like 
it's so crazy that you, you choose to share these things with people and then they take what they see and they make their own assumptions on like who you are and their own interpretations. And then, yeah, it's like, Oh, not only am I going to think these things about you, but I'm going to share them with you. And it's like, why? I don't care. (laughs) Like I literally don't care if you think that I'm you know, some like annoying girl that writes lyrics that rhyme. Like if you think I say the words lazy, crazy, and baby too much, I don't give a fuck what you think. I didn't ask for your opinion. You don't need to leave it on my Instagram account. It's your art and you can make of it whatever you want and they can guess what they can choose to listen to it or not. Does it ever like affect you when you go out on a stage to perform? Do you have this sort of like internal dialogue of like, or like a feedback loop of things people said, or do you just get into an entirely different zone? No, not so much anymore. Like I said, in the beginning, I definitely was like, I was young and I was so new at this. So I was like really affected by it. And I think it really affected my mental health and sort of the way that I dealt with that too, because I was so insecure. Like I would go out on stage and there would be, you know, all these people looking back at me and yeah, all I could think about was the negative, you know, like I was always gravitating towards, there could be a hundred positive comments or a hundred positive reviews. And I would gravitate to the one out of a hundred that was like, this girl sucks. This music sucks. So at that time, yeah, I would come out and I would be a little bit, you know, freaked and, and I would drink a lot because that would sort of help me through the nerves. And then I think as I got older and started to like really go to therapy and do a lot of like self-exploration, like now it's like, I could care less. Now when I'm on stage, I just get into this, like this zone. It's almost like it turns into this weird, like psychedelic experience where I'm like, I'm just here to do my thing. And I tune out and I connect with the audience and it's really fun. I mean, I haven't gotten to do that in a year. So I know. <laughs> it's I, so crazy. It's like your whole tour got canceled. That's such a bummer. But I, I do know that you're playing Riot Fest later this year, right? Yeah, we're supposed to. I mean, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for sure. It's it's so strange because we are starting to talk about like touring again and sort of like holding dates for the fall and talking about these things that we're supposed to do and it's hard for me to even imagine it honestly. Like it's, I know because we've been in this dystopian weird world. Yeah, like it's like, "Oh, how do you feel about, you know, these dates?" for, you know, a U.S. tour. And I'm like, uh, cool. Sounds good. Because in my mind, I'm like, will this happen? Will this not happen? Like, it's so hard for me to imagine doing anything other than like going to the grocery store, going on hikes, like walking around, you know, with my dog, like these are, this is what life has become. And, but honestly, like, obviously like what's, what's happening to the world and all the people that are dying is so horrible, but me like getting to spend a lot of time at home and getting to sort of just like experience life in this way that I've never gotten to do, which is literally just like realizing them like, Oh yeah, life is just about like going to Trader Joe's and like driving on the freeway, listening to my favorite song and walking the dog and making soup at home. Like I haven't gotten to live a life like that in almost 10 years. So it sucks that it took a global pandemic that killed so many people and is continuing to. But for me, it's been it's been nice to just experience this sort of like, you know, just normal life for a little bit. Yeah. Like the rest of us live who aren't rock stars. (laughs) (laughs) 
From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the host of Work Party, a podcast for ambitious women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. Work Party is paving the way for a new generation of women, women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. Every Wednesday, we bring in leading female powerhouses for real talk and BS-free advice on building your business. You'll hear from female founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, creatives, and so many other badass ladies. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Then tune into Work Party, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. But it's so weird. I mean, even like making any kinds of plans, you're like, it's, it feels so foreign. You're like, yeah. Even just wanting to hang out with a friend, you're like, ooh, like I know. I, I like it because it sort of anchors my life in a way. Like every day is like Groundhog's Day, wake up, go for a walk, or do you know, there's there's it's not the hustle and bustle that it is normally. So it's like some days I feel totally relaxed into it, and other days I'm just like, Yeah, climbing the walls. Yep. It's such a it's such a roller coaster. Like it really is. And what's crazy is that we're coming up on like a year of all of it starting. Like our record always tomorrow turns one year old on Sunday. And so, and it's crazy because it's like, I look at it and I'm like a year. And then I'm like, okay, like how did a year go by? And I'm like, oh yeah, I've been stuck inside for a year. And the world has been like blowing up before our eyes and crazy shit has been happening. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Well, I hope you do get to tour soon and you can tour this new album because it's so good. But speaking of touring, like, so I've dated some musicians in the past and, you know, that's an interesting life, but do you, do you like really like thrive in tour life mode or are you, do you kind of like crave familiarity and regimen? I think because I used to do it so much, like in the beginning, it was like consistently always being on tour. It was like autopilot. Like I just got so used to it. I became so used to like waking up in a different city, like living out of a suitcase, you know, being in a different like backstage every night, having nights off where, you know, it'd be like, oh, what's there to do in this town? And be like, Cheesecake Factory, you know, like, which is where we met. Cheesecake Factory, we did. We did have a little (laughs) wine date at the Cheesecake Factory. I I love that that's how we actually met in person. It's so funny. But anyway, um, I think in the beginning, it was just like, I never even had time to really process it. And then when I got in my sort of like my late twenties, I feel like just the way I was taking care of myself, like I wasn't, there was a lack of taking care of myself, you know, like I wasn't in therapy. I wasn't like actively really like paying much attention to my body or my mind. And, but what's interesting is I was always sort of preaching that I did. I was always like, Oh, I'm such an advocate for like mental health and all this stuff. But then behind closed doors, I wasn't really practicing self-care in the way that I needed to be. But anyway, this past tour that we got to go on in 2020, like it was only two weeks long because then it got canceled and we had to come home. I was like killing it. I was like having the best time. I was exercising every morning. I was like drinking juice before shows and like doing my vocal exercises. And like, it was just, I think I've just grown so much as a person that I'm in this place now where I can tackle like hard things. I can handle the pressure and the stress of being out on tour. But like I said, being home for almost a year has sort of put me into this place where I'm like, 
I actually kind of really like just being at home. (laughs) Well, I can imagine because yeah, it it would be so easy just to go into autopilot, but you know, I imagine it must be hard to maintain any kind of like real practice of taking care of your mind, body, soul when you're on tour and you don't have much privacy, I imagine. And, you know, in a different city every day. So like what kinds of practices have you adopted to like really take care of yourself? Well, I think a huge thing for me, honestly, was therapy. Like I, I mean, I had done therapy as a teenager. Like it was like therapy that like my parents, you know, like my mom was like, I think you should try this, but it was like forced upon me, you know? And so it wasn't, it wasn't like my choice. I didn't feel like I had ever really reached a place in my life where I was like, I need help. Like I need somebody to help me understand the inner workings of who I am. And when I turned 30, my very, very best friend who I've been friends with since I was 11 years old, I was going through like a really hard time and I was telling her about it. And she like did the sweetest thing in the world, which was like, give me your insurance information. I'm going to help you find a therapist. And she found me this therapist And I saw that therapist for five years. And when I was seeing her, it was cognitive behavioral therapy. So it was a lot of like learning kind of like techniques on how to control my anxiety. And that was sort of like the starting point for me was like that type of therapy. And then I, I made a lot of lifestyle changes. Like I didn't drink or do drugs for a long time. I got out of a toxic relationship. I moved, like I downsized my life into a smaller house. Like I just sort of started to look at life and be like, okay, what is it? Like, what does it look like to just sort of exist in a healthy way? And what, like, how can I achieve that? And now I feel like I'm in the best place of my life. And I really would say that so much of that has to do with therapy. And now I have a different therapist and it's been interesting during the pandemic because it's like all on like FaceTime and zoom and stuff. So it's been strange, but I feel like it's also been kind of nice because I love my therapist and I need her, but I don't feel so dependent on her the way I used to when I was like new to this stuff, you know, like I feel like now I've learned so much from, from her and sort of like through myself, the realizations I've had in there that I can take that stuff now and sort of apply it to life. When stressful things come up, I'm like, okay, I know what to do here. Yeah. You got the tools and that's exactly. like shows, that just shows growth. That's amazing. Thanks. So one thing I was definitely wanted to talk to you about was because you are a female artist in an industry that is, you know, plagued with misogyny and like scandals. And I know you've been outspoken about that as such. Like, I just want to know like how you feel mostly really, because it's just, I watched, you know, the Britney Spears documentary, I watched the Taylor Swift one and it was just really eye opening. Yeah all the stuff you see in those documentaries is very real. You know, it's like, we know this, you don't have to be a a female musician to experience like sexism. You don't have to be, you don't need to be in any industry where you're in the public. You know, it's just like women everywhere experience this stuff. But I think when you're in an industry, you know, like music where it is such a boys club, you're always reminded that you're a woman. It's like constantly, it's just like, Oh yeah. You're, you're a girl in a band or, Oh, do you need help with that here? Let me help you with that. It's just like, it's constantly like everywhere you look, it's like, don't forget you're a girl and you're here and you're around all these boys, you know? And I will say that like, I mean, I watched that 
Britney Spears documentary too. And it was like, it was so heartbreaking. And I think I, one thing I will say is that of course, misogyny is still rampant and it's still everywhere and it's still terrible. But I feel like the way that journalists talk to women now is very different because you, you see like the clips in there where it's like, yeah, you know, like when she was a child and Ed McMahon is like, do you have a boyfriend? You want to date me? Like you couldn't, you could start search. Yeah. 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 Like you couldn't get away with that now. Like you just, you literally would get canceled, fired. Like it would just be like, you can't get away with those things anymore. I watched that and my jaw hit the floor. I was like, I can't believe that this I know. was just accepted I know. back in the day. And it's like, we could go back and try to cancel all the people that fucked up. But it, I mean, sadly, it is just the way things were and what was accepted, you know, thank God is no longer accepted now. But I mean, just like the blatant, like double standards too, like with you say, like people are going to be more harshly critical of the things you write about and not the things that a guy would write songs about. Yeah. I mean, and even in terms of like show reviews, there was a, a review of a show we played in like, I want to say it was like 2014 or something. And it was like the guy, of course it was a guy that wrote the review and he was just like talking about how like great I looked, like how great my outfit was and how I came out on stage. And it was just like, wow, she took everyone's breath away at how great she looked. But then goes on to say that like, I never smiled once I seemed pissed off. The rest of the band was like killing it and like shredding and seemed so cool. But I just looked like this, like angry, pissed off bitch. And it's like, why do I have to be like a puppet and masquerade around here the way that you want me to? Why do I have to get on stage and smile? What if I don't want to? What if it's part of like my stage persona is that I want to be serious? But yeah, it's like nobody ever wrote a review about Bob and was like, you know, he just came out on stage and the outfit was just shimmering and gorgeous, but his face, man, he just looked really pissed off. It's like no one literally with him. It's just like, he was so sick. He did this solo and it was awesome. Like it really used to, and this is what I'm saying. It's like, I hate that stuff still, but I can deal with it better now because I've just done so much work. And I feel like we're starting to see less and less of that kind of stuff. Obviously it still exists, but I mean, I remember when that article came out, like I was livid and I was so upset. And then I like went inside and was like, am I a bitch? Like, do people come to my shows and think that I'm just like this mean girl on stage that like, isn't appreciative of them, you know? And like, it just sucks. So, so plastering a smile on your face was going to like appease the masses. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like women can have showmanship the same way men can. And the fact that anyone would have any opinions uh, beyond like it was a great show. Yeah. Then they want to critique, like, do you go inside and be like, okay, what do I wear? Like what, or do you just like wear whatever you want? Like, do you feel pressure to like, you know, have like an outfit or do your hair and makeup or like, what is your whole attitude about it? I have at times felt pressured, you know, like I definitely feel like there have been times where I've been, you know, like, oh, I want to look good. I want, you know, cause like I'm a, I'm a human. So I get self-conscious. Like I see photos from certain angles and I'm like, oh my God, there have been times where I've wanted to sort of like impress. But I think as I get older, I just, 
I care less and less about that stuff. And it's so funny. Cause I remember like my mom telling me that when I was young, she was like, when you hit your thirties, like you stop caring. And I'm 34 now. And I literally like could care less. I'm like, I don't really care. I, I literally dress like the way I did in high school now. Like I don't yeah. care. <laughs> like, I'm just like, who cares anymore? Like I am who I am and I have my good days. I have my bad days, but now on stage, like I just, I try to just dress comfortably in stuff that makes me feel good. And like with this record, I was doing a lot of like suits kind of like, I felt like it made me feel really powerful. And it made me feel like I was sort of sharing this story with the world of like a comeback and me sort of reclaiming my life and, and, and doing a lot of soul searching, a lot of working on myself. So it felt like a suit was sort of like a good, like a good metaphor for that. And that's why I was wearing like a lot of suits. I get so down with a power suit. It's time for me. The best because it's functional. It's comfortable. You feel powerful in it. So like, I'm all about that. I don't know if it's just like quarantine or the fact that I'm like now into like my mid thirties, but like, I definitely don't care as much anymore. Yeah. Again, I don't know if it's just because of quarantine. (laughs) Like, I love like baggy clothes. Like I'm not trying to hide anything. It's not about that or or me not feeling confident. It's just like, it's comfortable. I like it. I don't want to wear something tight or revealing because then I'm just going to fuss with it all the time. So I imagine being on a stage where you just like want to just focus on performing that like you're not trying to gain more attention. Yeah, (laughs) I know. know. It really, it does sort of just like boil down to like, is it functional? Is it comfortable? Can I move in it? Can I play guitar in it? Can I like walk around the stage? Can I stand on the drums? Like, can I do, you know, it like has to do with that. I'm not Britney Spears. I don't have a hundred costume changes per (laughs) set, you know, like I, I have to sort of just like pick what I want and wear it, but it doesn't even, and it really at this point has nothing to do with like, will, you know, so-and-so write a review and talk about how like I looked hot. It's like, I don't care if people say that, you know, like I don't. And I think what you're saying too, about like quarantine something that I feel like quarantine has really helped me with is just sort of like accepting myself for like, who I authentically am, like both physically and like mentally. Cause I think it's like, I, I hardly wear makeup. I, I barely put makeup on. I barely do my hair. <laughs> like I wear like sweatpants, you know, and it, but it doesn't come from a place of like, Oh, I'm a trash bag. I feel like shit. I'm not going to take care of myself. It's literally just like, did those things ever really matter? Like, did I need to constantly be doing those things to feel good? Or could I have just walked out right. the door with like, no makeup, hair, messy sweatpants, like ripped t-shirt and just been like, here I am. I'm just me. I'm out here living, you know? Yeah. Because these times are time when we are taking care of ourselves, probably the most we ever have, because it's, it is taking care of yourself in a physical standpoint. We, you know, we got to get the blood moving, being sedentary is like not good for anyone, but you know, in a, also from a, you know, mental and emotional state and guess what we're not doing to help those things, putting on makeup, putting on outfits. We are dressing in a way that we can go throughout our day surviving out here and it doesn't involve makeup and all that stuff. So, I mean, I see people that, you know, they're like, here's what I wore this week on TikTok or whatever. And they've showing all these outfits. I'm like, where Where are you you going? going? (laughs) Where are you going? Because I mean, do you know what I do sometimes if I really want to kick it up a notch? No makeup on my face, but I'll put on like red lipstick. Nice. It's like the equivalent to the power suit. Yeah. 
it's like elevates a mood yeah, and everything. And it might not make sense to whatever else is going on <laughs> below my neck, but I think it works for me. Something when I was watching the Taylor Swift documentary and she was talking about, you know, female artists versus male artists about, you know, female artists, especially as they get older, they feel constant pressure to have to reinvent themselves as artists to still appeal to an audience, which I find to be bullshit, but it's actually 100% accurate. Does that ever cross your mind of being like, okay, well now I'm X age, so I can't do what I was doing. Cause you've been in this band for, you know, 10 plus years that you need to like, ha- like reinvent yourself. I mean, I don't necessarily feel that pressure from me personally. Like I don't feel that pressure from like the outside sort of like communal, like, you know, that the world, I, I feel that sometimes from myself, but it, it doesn't feel like it comes from a serving others. It feels like it comes from this place within me. That's just like, I, as I get older, I become interested in different things. And I, I realize more about myself and I see myself in different lights. And so I think this, this place that I'm in right now is like actually been pretty exciting. Like I've been trying to just like write music without sort of thinking like this is for best coast. This is for this project. Like I've just been sort of working on stuff within the quarantine that just feels good to create. And I don't know what will happen with it. I don't know if at some point, like I'll make my own like solo record or if it will be for best coast. Like it just feels nice right now to sort of like get to have an opportunity where I can sort of explore this other side of myself without having it. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like without having it be tied to like a result, it's just sort of like, I'm doing this because I enjoy doing this, but I get what you're saying where it's like, yeah, you do see like, you know, like Madonna has reinvented herself like 200 times. But I also think again, like, I don't know if that comes from like Madonna's like the pressure or if that just comes from like, cause that's like who Madonna is. Did you see that movie? Um, the high note. Did you watch that? I did not No, but I know which one you're talking about. It's Dakota Johnson and, um, Tracy Ellis. Tracy Ross. Ellis Ross. I watched it recently and like, it's pretty corny, but it's really sweet because it's about an artist who is kind of like a legacy act who is like a label is just telling her like, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you need to be. And spoiler alert, she like, she reinvents herself and, but she reinvents herself and like to be the person that she wants to be, not because the label is telling her to do it because she's like, this is who I want to be now. So I do think it comes from like, it can come from, from different worlds where it can just be like a woman's own empowerment of like, you know what? I'm in my mid thirties now or forties. I want to try something different and like, see what happens just to fulfill something within themselves. Well, yeah, because you're still a person who evolves and changes. And so it's, I guess it's a different thing when it comes from you and something that you're coming into on your own, as opposed to pressure from a label, but like your, like your experience with like regular labels and having the suits tell you what to do and say, have you experienced much of that or... Not really. I mean, I think I'm at a level where like, I'm considered like an indie artist. So I think, you know, like I've been on major labels before, but I was always sort of signed on as that indie artist where they would tell me, you know, like this kind of music would make you more successful. It would put you, you know, like it would get you to the top, but they, it was never like, oh, you need to now go make this like crazy, like pop record. It was always sort of just like, 
the people that I've always worked with have really respected me for who I am and what I do. And I think that's why they enjoy working with me because I am also like super stubborn and won't ever do things that people, I hate being told what to do. And my whole team knows that. So if they're ever like, we think you should do this. I'm like, "Mm, I don't, I don't think I should do that. So I'm not going to do that, you know, but that took me a decade's worth of time to feel comfortable saying no. Cause in the beginning I was like, I have to do whatever I'm asked of. I'm, I just won the lottery. You know, like I felt like I wasn't deserving of the success that I had. So I felt like in order to keep it, I had to just do whatever anybody told me took every offer thrown my direction. But now I'm a lot more like, "Mm, actually, thanks for the opportunity, but that doesn't really feel like it fits for me. So that's been a really cool and interesting thing that I've seen in myself as I've done this like growth is becoming like an advocate for myself and just being like, no, thanks though. Not for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, also there, there's not the fear, but there's always that part where it's like, if I say no, or if I push too hard, are they going to think I'm a bitch bitch? (laughs) or a diva? I feel like I see it in the music industry of just like women always getting these reputations of being difficult or bitches or divas. And it just, again, it's a full on double standard because like, why should you not be able to express. Totally. Yeah. You know, especially when it comes to your art and what you want to put out there. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've toured with like Paramore, which brings me back because I was, and I still am a fan of Paramore, you know, but what was that like? That tour was especially like, just so cool. Haley and I are actually good friends. We've been friends for like probably 10 years at this point, but that tour was just like getting to play for the Paramore fans was so cool because they're just so like their fan base is very like, uh, they almost have like a cult following kind of thing where they have like this just crazy, like these crazy fans that just love them so much, which they're of course very deserving of, but it was cool because like you sometimes you'll do like a support tour and like we toured with green day and at green day, they were great. They were really nice. Oh to my God. Like That's so their, cool. their fans were a little bit more like, you know, arms crossed in the front. Like we came to see green day. When are you going to get off the stage? But the, <laughs> yeah. but the Paramore fans were really like, we are here to see you as well as Paramore because Paramore likes you and Haley talks about you and your friends and she's a fan. So we're fans. So it was like, it was just so fun. Cause I got to be on tour with my friend and we would like get to hang out sometimes like after shows and do like face masks and drink wine and watch shark tank together. Like it was just <laughs> nice to like be out on the road with, with a friend, you know, cause that doesn't ha- get to happen all the time. And probably with like just another like female too, exactly. because it's, cause again, it's just like guy, like most of like the roadies and managers are all male. And so sometimes it's like, yeah, like you can get down and hang out with anyone, but it's nice to just like have a girl there too, I guess. Yeah. And, and we, like when we do our own headlining tours, like we always try and take bands out that have females in it. Personally, like I love like a female front woman. I just, it's, I do like, I, there are plenty of like male, all male bands that I like, but like, give me like girls, give me girl, like a girl singer singing about what's going on in her life. Like that's so much more interesting to me than like a straight white guy. <laughs> so much fun to watch because I mean, some of the bands like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's with Karen. Oh, yeah. Met- metric, Paramore, you, there's so many like 
female friend bands are so cool. And I've got to see you play live and you're like, you really just come alive. Oh, you, thanks. You're like, just, you are like a full blown, like rock star singing your heart out. What, what has been like a holy shit moment that you've had, like being on stage or like a certain tour or something? When were you just like, I can't believe this is my life. There's been a lot of those, honestly, like we've, well, we've gotten to do just so many amazing things. And a lot of those things have been sort of on tour with, you know, like opening for bands. Like when we did that green day tour, like we, we got to play like Barclay center in Brooklyn. And I just remember like looking and seeing this massive stadium and like, just knowing that like, I was a college dropout who worked at Lush and now I'm on stage at Barclays center playing in an arena full of people. Like, regardless of these people are here to see my band or not, like I'm still here doing this and this is so cool, you know? So there was stuff like that. And then like, we've done our own shows. Like we did two shows just like for two different records at the Wiltern. And like that theater is so, you know, like if you're from LA, like, you know, that theater, it's so iconic and it's gorgeous and beautiful. And it's huge. Like when we played that, I was just like, this is so crazy. Cause I grew up here. And so it was like, so exciting for me to get to see my name, like best coast sold out on the marquee of the Wiltern and like to have fans like singing lyrics back to me of songs that I wrote, especially songs that are so personal about my own life experiences. Like there's just been so many moments where I've been like, wow, like I've really lived a crazy, cool, exciting, awesome, special life. Like a couple weeks ago, I was playing my boyfriend. I did a song with um, Weezer. Like I co-wrote a song with Weezer. Like, oh, no big deal. And, right? Like <laughs> what the many fuck? years ago. And he didn't know that. And so I was playing it for him and we were in the car and, and he was like, this is insane. And I was like, you know what? This is insane. Like, I don't think I ever really like at that time, it was just like, that was really sort of like in the peak of it where I was just like constantly busy. Like I didn't ever really get to process that stuff. And I think now looking back, especially getting to share that moment with him, like driving up the freeway, hearing it being like, that was a moment for me too, where I was like, dude, like my life is so cool. And it has been so cool. And hopefully like it will continue to just be so cool because I feel like just so blessed that this is what I've gotten to do for all these years. What song is it? Can I hear it? It's called, (laughs) it's called go away and it's off their record. I think it's called everything will be okay in the end. I think it was like probably like five records back now, which is crazy that they've put out so many since then. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like pressure that you've been in quarantine and you like have to produce like a bunch of songs and put out a record? Is that yeah. I mean, this for personal sure. Personal pressure. For sure. Yeah. I, I feel like it, cause you know, it's interesting. Cause I feel like there's so many artists right now that are releasing records. Like Charlie XCX made like a full record in quarantine and like put it out and it's like Taylor Swift did too. Taylor Swift did too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's crazy what people are, are capable of doing. And I respect it so much. And I will be honest, like there was a while there where I was like really envious and I was like, fuck these people, how are they doing this? But now I'm kind of, I've settled into this place where I'm like, it's okay if I don't always feel creative. It's okay if I have nothing to show from this time in terms of art. If I 
walk out of this thing. And I've gotten to do some of the like deep soul searching I've gotten to do. And also just like experience my life and have those moments of like driving in the car with my boyfriend or like making a, like a soup at home or like just any of that stuff. Like it's just, it's been worth it to me. It will have been worth it to me to have just had those experiences, whether or not I put out some quarantine record or or whatever, you know, it's just like, but in the beginning it was really hard because I was like, you're just not doing enough. You're not producing enough. And now I've settled into this almost a year later. And I'm just like, dude, it's fine. If all you do today is like go to the store and walk the dog and like, you know, read a little bit of a book. That's fine. You did it. Congratulations. You got up, you got out of bed, you did it. (laughs) I mean, that's, that is like all we can ask with ourselves, just being like really kind to ourselves. I can't, I mean, I can only imagine, especially if you were like supposed to be on tour and all that, that you would be like, why am I not doing more right now? I mean, I think we've all kind of gotten away from like the, why are we not doing more to just like do what you can manage. Exactly. Totally. In the beginning, it was really hard, especially because we were out on tour. Yeah. Everything happened. And then it was like literally cancel, get on a plane, fly home. And that come down of being out on the road, transitioning to home life is already hard when a tour ends normally. And the world is functioning at a, you know, normal rate where there's not a global pandemic happening. Like that's already a hard transition, but to just be thrust back into that, I had like a a dark moment there where I was just like, what am I going to do? Who am I? What is, it was just like a full existential crisis. But then several months into that, I just started really like focusing on me and like, what do I need? Who am I? What do I identify as? And who am I without this band as my identity because West Coast has really been my identity for 10 years and I love it. It's what I do, but it's not who I am, you know? So, and and I don't know that I would have ever really realized that had I not been like forced into this like box of my home and my thoughts, you know, like I've learned so much about myself in this time. So well, that sounds like it's going to produce some good. I know, you know, right? Some good something. <laughs> some good tunes. What is like your dream tour scenario? Like with what band? Would it be in the US or overseas? I really love playing in Japan. Like it, Japan oh, is just obviously it's like, amazing. it's one of the best places ever. It's one of my favorite countries. When, like Tokyo is one of my favorite cities. Like I just love it so much. So I feel like getting to do like, even if it was just like a Tokyo residency where I got to like live <laughs> in Tokyo for like a year and like play at like a hotel bar, it would be like so much fun. Oh my, I would co-sign onto that. So <laughs> I'd come, I would just come and be like, can I be your manager? You could, you totally, you can be <laughs> my Tokyo manager. I would love that so much. It's, oh God. You're right. But this has been so much fun. I like, I feel like I have a million more questions, but I'm going to wrap it up. I do want to end this. So you've watched Random Pump Rules. You know that I have a flair for the rage text. So I would want to ask you what your rage text of the day would be to who, to what, anything. I would just probably send a rage text to, I went to Whole Foods earlier and there was a guy behind me in line whose mask was just like, below the nose. And I would love to send a rage text to just every fucking person who doesn't understand that the mask goes above the nose. It's not that hard. We all hate it. Keep it up there. Take it off when you get to the car. 
that's all, that's all you got to do. So yes, I would be, it would go to like the guy at whole foods, but then also like all the like hundreds of other thousands <laughs> of freaks running through this country, like just wearing the mask down here. And it's like, that's not where it goes. Listen, unfortunately those, the mask thing has become political and I'm not trying to get political, but just like, it's not hard. Like it's no one, hard. nobody likes it, but it's just what we got to do. It's what but we got to do. If we want to be best. able to rock out again one day. I know because I miss wear the mask. <laughs> I miss live music. I miss concerts. I want to see best coast on tour so, so badly, but anyways, thank you so much, Bethany. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm so happy that like you're happy and like just living life and thanks, you know, being, being you right now. But thank you. Cheesecake factory when they open. I'm Let's so do down. it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Until next time, be kind to yourself. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kills Kate and tune in next week for an all new episode. 